So good. Good to see you guys. You guys doing okay? Amazing. Uh, before we jump into the message, I have two quick special uh, announcements. Again, if you were here um, last Sunday, you might have heard some of this. Uh, but the first thing is that next Sunday uh, is our encounter service. So what our encounter service is, it's our the entire service is just focused on encountering Jesus. That's it. Uh, we don't have a, a, a full message. We might have people kind of giving words here and there. Uh, but the focus of this is to simply love Jesus, to minister to him, to encounter him, uh, to get ministered to. Um, we've seen people literally physically healed at our encounter services. Um, we're going to have a ministry team at, at the back too. So it's going to be an amazing time. Uh, but this is also going to be our last one service service which is crazy. So we want to transition this new season just for really dedicating uh, everything that the Lord has done at Breakthrough in 2023 as we enter into what's, what's ahead. So with that being said, we are moving to two services. Um, February 11th is our two-service launch. And uh, I really encourage you guys, listen back to Vision Sunday. We kind of went more in depth on uh, why we're doing this, our vision and heart behind this. Uh, but to give a quick snippet, our, our desire that the Lord has placed on our church is, you know, for the past uh, two, two and a half years, we've really focused and really hammered on creating a present-centric community, right? We've really stewarded what does it actually look like uh, uh, to be people who, who, whose first priority is Jesus, right? Jesus is, is asked, what is the first and greatest commandment? And he says, all the laws and the prophets can be condensed in this one commandment, which is to love God. And so for the past two and a half years, we've established ourselves. we've built the foundation, we've equipped you in being a first commandment community, right? Where the first thing is the first thing. And uh, again, if you weren't here last Sunday, what the Lord spoke to us as we head into this new year is that now it's time for his presence to leave the four walls of the church. Yeah. That as we've stewarded what it looks like for Jesus to be centric in our lives, in our communities, in our focus, in our services, now that we've experienced the transformative nature of his presence, now comes the second commandment. <laughs> which is to love your neighbor as yourself. And so this is our goal is that, you know, our goal for this isn't just to, you know, have another service, just that we can have a bigger church, right? I would rather have a smaller church, but our heart for this is that we wanna make room for people to encounter Jesus, right? You can just look around. There's not a lot of room. <laughs> and so we wanna steward what God has given us. We, we really feel the Lord's calling us to make room uh, for more people to come. And so, February 11th is our first two-service launch. We're gonna have a nine o'clock and 11.15 service moving forward. Uh, for all the parents, our nine o'clock is where we'll have Breakthrough Kids, and the goal is to eventually have Breakthrough Kids for both services. But our heart for this is we want this to be a celebration, right? We want this to be a really exciting time. Are you guys excited for what God is doing? Uh, we are so excited. So we want this to be a celebration. We want this to be a time that you can invite your friends, invite your neighbors, invite people. Man, we're like, they need to be in the room. <laughs> they need to be equipped. They need to be discipled. They need to find family just as you found family. And so we want to make this just a beautiful celebration. So uh, we're going to have food trucks. Come on. Um, we're going to have tacos, free tacos. Um, we're going to have uh, merch. I know you guys have been wanting merch. It's been a while, photo booth, all that fun stuff. So it's going to be a beautiful time uh, just to celebrate what the Lord is doing in this new season. So you guys excited? You ready? February 11th. See you guys there. All right, let's pray and we'll jump into the word. Father, we just thank you 
that there's no one here by accident. That if they're in this room and they're hearing your word, (laughs) whether they like it or not, and so Holy Spirit, would you plant seeds this morning? Would you water seeds and would you grow seeds this morning? Lord, we need and we want transformation. We don't want a good sermon. We just want, we don't want inspiration. We don't want information. We want transformation. So Holy Spirit, we give you permission to do the work. Holy Spirit, can we just say that? Holy Spirit, we give you permission to do the work. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. So, Really quick, I want to talk about gravity. Gravity is a natural law. You guys know what I'm talking about. Gravity is a natural law. And the thing about gravity is it doesn't matter if you don't like it. It doesn't matter if you don't agree with it. Gravity will work for you or against you. Right? You can't just choose one day to disagree with gravity and decide, you know, I don't want gravity. I don't like gravity. I'm just going gonna, to fly today. Right, I'm gonna, you know, I'm, just, I'm, I'm gonna fly because I disagree with gravity. It's not gonna work, right? This is just a natural law that is in place. And similar to this premise we see in the Bible of another natural law or principle that plays out in everyone's life. Galatians 6, 7 says this. It says, do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. So it's called the principle of reaping and sowing. And just like gravity, it doesn't matter if you don't like it. (laughs) It doesn't matter if you don't agree with it. It doesn't matter whether you think about it or not. The law of reaping and sowing plays out in every aspect of your life and will either work for you or against you. And I love Paul starts this this verse very intensely. He says, do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked. That's a baller line right there, (laughs) right? Do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked. He's stating the seriousness of this principle, that it's not just something you can trick God into, right? Letting you reap what you don't sow. That this is not something that you can make up on your own terms and expect your own results. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. This is the principle of reaping and sowing. So today I want to touch on a different angle. Because I think we all, we've all heard this. We all know, right, what you sow is what you're going to reap. But I think there's an aspect of this principle that not a lot of us understand, and it's this is not only do you reap what you sow, you reap where you sow. You reap what you sow, but actually more importantly, you reap where you sow. It doesn't matter if you have the most perfect seed in the world. Who here has ever gardened, (laughs) right? Man, you can go to Lowe's, you can get your tomato plant seed. You got the seed, right? It's a great seed. The seed's supposed to do what it's supposed to do but where you sow the seed makes just as much, if not more, of a difference of what you will reap. So you reap where you sow. Now Galatians 6, 8, Paul continues, 
And he says this, whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit or the things of the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. That Paul actually shows that the place that you sow dictates the place that you reap. That if you sow in the place of the flesh, you'll reap things of the what? If you sow in the place of the spirit, you'll reap the things of the what? The spirit. There's no way around this. <laughs> that every single person in this room has areas they want to grow in, areas that we want to see change or mature. But guys, here's the dilemma. We sow in one place expecting to reap in another. You can't expect to sow all of your time into your job and expect to reap a healthier marriage. That you can't expect to sow all of your time on Instagram and expect to reap deeper intimacy with God. Because you reap where you sow. <laughs> right, you may be like, why don't I have intimacy with God? I want intimacy with God. But are you even sowing in the places that reap the fruit of intimacy? Another way to say it is you harvest where you plant. Remember, this is a natural law. Every one of us are sowing in places whether we realize it or not. Or to sow means to invest. So where are you investing yourself? Whether physically, relationally, emotionally, spiritually. And guys, if you don't like the things that you're reaping in your life, then you need to ask yourself, where am I sowing and where do I need to sow differently? So key number one, the sowing and reaping is this, where you sow is where you will grow. Where you sow is where you will grow. Right, we just... Uh, Diana came up and we shouted out our, our kids' volunteers. Guys, our kids' volunteers this season are legends. If you guys didn't know, they literally don't come to church, right? Because we have one service. So they serve all the parents' kids and they miss church and that's them serving. So most of them only go to church twice a month, sometimes more, right? This is a costly thing that they've done. But our kids' volunteers, you don't realize it right now, but every time you serve, you are sowing seed, that one day when you're married and have kids, you'll reap a depth and love for your children that you wouldn't have if you didn't sow by caring for other people's kids. Or hospitality team volunteers, even though it's inconvenient to wake up at eight o'clock in the morning and get here at 8.30, sometimes earlier to set up, you are sowing in the place of sacrifice that you'll reap the ability to pay the cost to make other people belong and feel at home. You reap where you sow. Think of all the areas that you want to see yourself grow in. Think of all the areas in your life, man, I want to reap bountifully in this area. 
where are you sowing? <laughs> well, I want to have healthier friendships. Well, what friendships are you sowing into? <laughs> You know, a couple years ago, uh, four years ago, we, we, uh, as a church, we met at nighttime. Was anyone at Breakthrough when we were in night church? Right, it was rough back then. Um, we're in night church, right? We thought we're cool. We thought we're pioneering something different. Uh, but we're, we're meeting at night, and it was, it was just a unique season, right? We're, we're young, we're wild, we're doing our thing. Uh, but it was a really hard season. And um, I remember this, this one night, we had a thing back then called house nights, which are evolved to home groups. And we had this house sign. I was there, and I was talking to this guy. I was like, hey, man, what's up? What's your name? I'm trying to get to know him. And he's like, yeah, this is my name, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I love Breakthrough so much. I'm like, man, that's awesome. It's like, yeah, it's, I've grown so much. I love the worship. I'm so grateful that you guys meet at nighttime. I'm like, that's, that's awesome. He's like, yeah, because since you guys meet at nighttime, I can serve at my morning church. Man, the self-control I had to have in that moment. And it's kind of like a running joke that we share this story in our leadership team. But here's the thing. This guy was sowing at one church and expecting to reap at another. Lao said this thing when he came about a year ago. He says, do you know what it's called when you're reaping but not sowing? It's called Stealing. And here's the thing, this guy reaps some. He did. He reaped some. But because he didn't sow, he only reaped a little. And this isn't like a dog, like, you have to, you know, be at our church. Like, we're, you go where you are called. But I want you to see this principle that is in play in every single one of your lives that actually helps dictate your growth. That where God has called you to sow, he does not have the intention of you only reaping a little bit. That he wants you to receive your full harvest. That 2 Corinthians 9, 6, it says this. It says, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So key number two is this. Where you sow sparingly is where you'll reap sparingly. This is what Jesus literally models to us on the cross. That he didn't just sow one drop of his blood and be like, all right, that was enough. <laughs> I'm just going to allow them to have a certain measure of salvation. I'm only going to sow a certain measure of sacrifice but on the cross, we see Jesus generously gave himself up for us to reap salvation and for us to know the depth of his love for humanity, right? For God so loved the world that he what? He gave. And I want you to see this, that this principle isn't just a good idea, right? This isn't just like self-help information. <laughs> it's actually a reflection of the love of Jesus, and I want you to see this, that this is talking less about quantity of sowing, but more about the posture of sowing. 
I understand there's limitations in our life. Some of us can't, can't, can't sow as much as other people can sow. But it's not about the quantity, but the position of your heart. Right? We know the, the story Jesus shares of, of the widow that goes to give her offering. She only can give a few coins and the Pharisees are mocking her because they're giving way, money, way more money. And Jesus says this thing. He says, she gave out of, or they gave out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty. Jesus was actually more moved by her offering. It's not about how much you can give, but it's about the position of your heart. You guys know the phrase, well done, good and faithful servant? Jesus gives us this beautiful parable. And contextually, this phrase is said in response to how you steward and sow what's been given to you here on earth. Right, in this story, we see Jesus gives this, this parable of three different servants. And their master gives each one of them a certain amount of money to sow, to invest. Servant number one, he gives the most amount. What does he do? He, he sows it. He invests it well. He goes to the master and he actually reaps more than what he sowed. And the master says, well done, good and faithful servant. Number two, he gives them a little bit less, but he still gives them more. He does the same thing. He sows well. He invests. He goes to the master, and the master says, well done, good and faithful servant. And servant number three, do you guys know what happens? He didn't sow at all. He didn't invest at all. He actually hid what was given to him. And in the parable, it says that the master casted him out. Right, that the first two sowed and invested correctly and they were called faithful. But the one that sowed incorrectly was casted out. The two servants were called faithful because they were obedient. Galatians 6, 9, it says this, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So key number three is this. Where you sow faithfully and consistently is where you will see your harvest bountifully. Because when you plant a seed in the natural, is it realistic to expect to see fruit in a week? No. no. That a key to sowing and reaping is the importance of consistency and faithfulness that most people miss out on seeing the fruit of their labor because they fail to sow long enough and consistently enough to see it come into fruition. So let me ask you guys this question. Where has God clearly spoken to you to sow, plant, and invest into that you've given up on? What are the things that God has said? I, I, I told you to sow in this person. I told you to sow into this area of your life. I told you to sow into, into this place. I told you to sow into this area. And maybe you tried. Someone said something and it offended you, so you stopped sowing. Maybe you tried and, you know, you wanted to see fruit in a week. You didn't see the fruit, so you stopped sowing. 
This is, this is the principle. That where you sow faithfully and consistently is where you will see your harvest bountifully. I love Proverbs eight seventeen. It says this, I love those who love me. And those who seek me, what? Will find me. Is it those who passively seek him that find him? Yes or no? No. Is it those who passively sow that will reap? No. It's the diligent that will find him and the diligent that will reap. You guys okay? Okay. Can I take some pressure off of you guys? 1 Corinthians 3, 6 to 7 says this. Paul says, I planted the seed. Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. Who makes things grow? Who makes things grow? Okay. So key number four is where you focus on sowing, God does the work of growing. Guys, your job isn't to do the growing. You're like, what? <laughs> your job isn't to do the growing, it's simply to focus on the sowing. And in your obedience, in your generosity, in your faithfulness, God then gets to see the work come into completion. So stop trying to do God's job. Say this side. Stop trying to do God's job. See, one in the room trying really, really hard to get free from something, but you're not seeing freedom. You're focusing on the growth. You're focusing on the reaping. But let me ask you, are you sowing in the places that will actually lead to freedom? Well, I'm, I'm stuck in this thing and I keep doing this thing. Well, you keep sowing into the wrong people. I keep tempting you back into that thing. Well, I, you know, I keep having all these problems and I, I feel like no one sees me. Well, you're not sowing into a place that you'll be seen. You're hiding. You want to reap, but you're not willing to sow. Well, I, 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 I want to reap discipleship, but I'm not going up to anyone and sowing <laughs> into their lives to be discipled. Where you focus on sowing, God does the work of growing. That this is called the grace of God, his empowering presence and goodness. I love this in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Paul says this, he says, or God said this to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you for my power, say power, is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. 
Because Paul was suffering. He was experiencing weakness. But instead of trying to force his way out of weakness, you know what he did? He sowed in the place of gratitude. Because he understood that God's grace was enough and he reaped the power of God in his weakness. I want you to see how profound this is. Paul is experiencing weakness. This is what we do when we're weak. God, I don't want to be weak anymore. God, just make me stronger. God, I'm just going to, I just want to move past this thing. Right? I, I just want to reap the other side of not dealing with my weakness. We're focused on the growing and the reaping. But God says, that's what I do. What you do is focus on the sowing. What did Paul do? He sowed in gratitude. That his perspective was actually off of himself and it was onto the Lord. And when he was fixed on the Lord, what happened is his reality shifted and he realized, wait, God's grace is actually enough for me in the midst of this. So what am I gonna do? I'm gonna keep sowing. I'm not seeing the freedom yet, but I'm gonna keep sowing. Because where you sow faithfully is where you will see yourself reap bountifully. So I want to recap this. The keys to sowing and reaping, number one, is where you sow. The place that you sow is the place you're going to grow. If you want to grow intimacy with God, sow in the places that's actually going to develop intimacy with God. Where you sow sparingly is where you will reap sparingly. Where you sow faithfully is where you will see your harvest bountifully. Number four is where you focus on sowing, God does the work of growing. And I want to end with this. When I was praying for this message, the Lord said this phrase to me. He said, Andrew, the church is a greenhouse for you to reap and sow. That a greenhouse is meant to allow seeds to be planted and grow no matter the external temperature. That if it's cold outside, it can stay warm inside and allow things to grow. That a greenhouse provides an adaptable environment for things to grow. Guys, remember that church is God's design and God's idea. It's meant to be the place where you grow, learn, heal, help others heal, find family, find purpose, and deepen your relationship with God. And just like a greenhouse, the church is meant to be a place that you can always, say always, So, No matter the external temperature of your life, you can plant your life into the body of Christ. That if life is hard and you feel like you have nothing to give, you can still sow, which means you can always reap. The church is also like a greenhouse in that it can be a place to steward your maturing process in ways no other environment can. That the church has this unique ability to develop your calling, your character, your purpose, relationships, understandings of truth, and your intimacy with God. And here's the thing, when it's the Lord, what you reap will always be greater than what you sow. When you look at a seed, does it compare to the size of what grows? No. This is the beauty of the grace of God. 
And I think a lot of people, we fall into two extremes. We fall into the extreme that everything's just the grace of God and everything's just going to work out how God wants to work out and God's just going to take care of everything. Then there's the other extreme, which is legalism, where I have to work, I have to make myself healed and I, I need to work out my freedom, I need to perform a certain way. We often fall into one of these extremes. And as you're hearing this sermon, some of you were hearing these and you're falling into one of the extremes. You're either falling into, well, that sounds like a lot of works-based faith, right? Or maybe the other extreme of like, oh, it sounds like a little too much grace. But this is the thing. Can I break this down for you? 1 Corinthians 3, 8 to 9 says this. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. Read this again. I want you to just focus. I don't think we have it. But it says this, the one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. Verse 9, for we are co-workers. In God's service, you are God's field, God's building. That this has been the design since the beginning is that we are meant to be in partnership with God. God actually wants to partner with you to see the field of your life reap a harvest. So we don't fall into legalism of I got to do this, I got to do this, then God will free me. We don't fall into place of, you know, I don't really need to do anything because it's all by the grace of God. We live in this beautiful tension of it's all by the grace of God. But he's entrusted me to steward my life well. Why would he say, well done, good and faithful servant, if you weren't faithful and you weren't serving? <laughs> well, God, I was, it was just your grace. I just, you know, everything I did was by your grace, you know. <sighs> but it all has to start with you investing yourself in every area the Lord is calling you to, but specifically in the soil of the church. And here's the thing, guys, I can't do that for you. You have to make that decision. Amen? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for what you're doing in this house. Lord, I pray right now that you would just give us strategy in our lives. That you would show us the areas that we need to start sowing. Lord, would you sow, show us the areas that we've stopped sowing, that you've told us to sow? Would you show us the areas that we need to be faithful in sowing, that we want to give up? And Lord, let us 
enter into dependency in our sowing, that you do the growth, that you bring the harvest. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just start to speak to all of us as we go into our weeks in every aspect of our life, Lord, that you care about every aspect. You're in all things. In him and through him, all things have their being, that you are in the practical things. You are in our finances. You are in our relationships. You are in our mental health. You are in our emotional well-being. You are in every aspect of our lives. And Lord, we just ask right now that we, if we are compartmentalizing you in our lives, that you would break every single box and we will allow you to invade every aspect of our being that you would permeate our entire lives. So Lord, would you show us where we need to sow and where we need to reap? In Jesus' name.